Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris. As always, I am joined by Jim and Alberto. How's it going, Jim? Uh, not too bad, sir. How about you? Crazy Did I busy. Catch you off guard? Crazy busy. <laughs> Just I'm I'm yeah. It, 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 as always, uh, I'm busy because I like to stay busy. But uh, I feel a little more busy right now than than I'm normally accustomed to. So. Um, yeah, but overall, you know, life is good, and I feel good about everything that I have going on. Just lots going on. So what's what's new with you? What, what's uh, you were talking about a nap earlier that sounded really good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you need a nap on a Wednesday, you may be hitting um, you may be hitting a rough patch in in work. Um, I think, like many of I, no, not many, everyone in the world. I think we're all ready for a nap. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole COVID thing, yes, I broke the seal and said it first, um, is just wearing on people in so many different ways. And um, I was saying before we came on that uh, my boss reached out to uh, members of his team today. And I think judging by the um, group text that we got tonight with the joking memes and uh, humorous verbiage in there, he realizes that maybe we are all kind of hitting a wall of sorts and trying to get regrouped and get back in gear. So, um, uh, today was day like 16, 17 out of, or no, excuse me, 15 out of 17. So it's been a fairly steady time and, um, you do what you gotta do, but you, you also hope that there's an end in sight in some way, shape or form. And, not really seeing that on the horizon right now. So plug and chug and away we go. Absolutely. Berto, how's it going with you? I know life has not slowed down for you either. No, I, much like you, I actually end up taking a day off just so I can catch up on work. <laughs> 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 so yesterday was insane. I, I finally got around to painting my wife's van. She had a little, a little scratch and a crease down the side of it that's been bugging me forever. So got that taken care of. Got a bunch of side work taken care of. Um, just the garage workouts continue. Uh, they're considering it's all zero equipment and all body weight work. The way it's programmed out is extremely challenging. So that's enjoyable. And other than that, man, just, uh, another week, just moving along, you know, working and, you know, waiting for this thing to end and shops to get busy again. They're turning around slowly, but you know, most of the, most of the guys that I work with and train, uh, during the day job, you know, they're all on commission, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they get paid for what they paint in these collision centers. So when they're slow, everyone's slow. So, you know, for their sake, you know, I want them to get busy because then everyone makes more money and everyone's happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when they buy more stuff, they buy more stuff. Um, yeah. And it, it kind of is a, a perpetual motion machine there. Yeah. I've got lots of editing projects going on. We wrapped up a, uh, a video for my wife and her saxophone ensemble earlier this week. And that was a, a fun one to get to do. Um, I am currently working on mastering a, uh, worship service for this coming Sunday. I've uh, got most of that mixed down at this point. Uh, we did some recordings last night, kind of, uh, uh, get a little more refined version of a couple things to, to make it, uh, just a little bit 
a little bit crisper, a little, little better on the harmonies and bass and other in, instrumentation, things like that. Just some little tweak stuff, but because uh, we have that, that chance we're pre-recording, we get a little little window to, to make some corrections. It's always a good thing. So that's going on, but we've got plenty. I've got podcasts to do still and, and everything else. So lots and lots of things going on um, here. Um, but yeah, life is, is good and busy and keeping healthy and all of that is excellent. Um, so all of that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into our, um, shout outs of the week. Jim, let's, uh, yeah, Jim, let's start with. So my shout out is to a gentleman from Sulphur, Oklahoma, uh, Sam Walters, who is, uh, sporting a TKMC t-shirt. In his profile pic, um, this uh, is a Transformation Tuesday from a week ago in the group. It says, the best part of losing weight is that each stage of the journey feels good from the first 10 pounds to the last one. And each time you go down a size and close, you feel the best you can remember. Uh, no specific numbers on, well, yes, there are, excuse me. He didn't write it in the post. He actually put it in the picture. Uh, so he, at the top, he was 300 plus pounds, 3XL shirt. Uh, today, he's at 228 and a 1X TKMC shirt and looking awesome. So kudos to Sam Walters of Oklahoma representing the club out in the OK. Absolutely. Alberto, how about you? I'm going to go with uh, our good friend, uh, Jonathan Shane, uh, also known as the Keto Road. Uh, he was, I believe he was about to embark in his second bodybuilding competition, which uh, obviously did not happen, mm -hmm. but he, he's still plugging away. You know, he said uh, down 50 pounds in 23 weeks for his competition prep. Uh, last 11 pounds were in quarantine. And now he's uh, just looking forward to a photo shoot and just treating that as if that was his competition and, you know, yeah. just keeping his eyes on the prize. And I think that's pretty awesome. Yep, absolutely. He he has he had, had dedicated pretty well to his, his bulking phase and he still looked uh, muscular, but you could definitely tell that he had had been working on both muscle and, uh, you know, just in general bulking up and and he has removed a ton of that in this very relatively short period of time and he's he's looking fit and lean um definitely encouraging to those of us who feel like it, it might be a challenge and whatnot and he's had all sorts of ups and downs along this journey too that that have been factors that he, he's had to take into account because of his history of uh bulimia and and things like that he's he's having to to fight the mental battle as well as the physical battle. And he's at home and doesn't have access to a regular gym and all of these different things coming at him during this time. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty inspiring to, to see him continue to, to work through all of that. And, and even though there are potential changes that he's been seeing, he keeps hitting it and keep pushing through. And, and that's so, so very awesome. I am going to shout out uh, Dennis, uh, Ben, Dennis, Pidgen, P-I-D-G-E-N. Uh, that's one. That one's a tough one to get it, to get out. Um, he posted a, a kind of a before and after, and and he he says the, the comment is what stuck out to me. And actually, maybe we can chat a little bit about this amongst ourselves. He says, "My mom told me before she passed, I'd never get my weight off. Sometimes it takes heartbreak and negativity to spark a fire that can't be put out. Keep killing it and never give up." And he posts his before. He's pretty, pretty big boy in that 
you know, before pick. And now you see these, these picks of him working out and he, he's just, he's fit trim ripped shreds. We, we hope to be able to actually get him on the, the podcast hopefully soon. Um, but he, uh, but he's just doing a, a, a bang up job and his, his post of, you know, this negativity that, that was something that he, he's like, kind of, oh, hell no, in response to, you know, sometimes it really does. It takes someone saying those types of things to us. What what are you guys feeling, feelings on that? Uh, what, what's been your experiences? Um, Alberto, let's, let, what, what's your thought on that? No, I mean, no, this one's, I mean, it's a little, it's a different of a post because, you know, he says right at the front, right? He says it right in the very beginning of the post that, he, that it's something that his mom told him before she passed away. So clearly that's got to have a different motivational effect than someone who's just trying to, to lose weight for the sake of losing weight. But uh, for someone that can turn anger and uh, frustration and negativity into motivation, I mean, that's pretty much how I go about my life for the most part when it comes to some of the stuff I did. You know, we talked about it when I ran the marathon about, you know, when I had hit, you know, mile 10 or whatever. And, and that first video recording when I was just pretty much screaming at myself inside my head and I just trying not to scream out loud so that, you know, the people running around me wouldn't think I'm a psycho, <laughs> but, but I mean, it can be done. It's, it's, it's all a matter of channeling your energy because, you know, negativity is going to happen regardless. And it, you can either take it and kind of like cower away with it and, you know, go into some bad habits or you can, you can take it, face it, use it as fuel and really push yourself beyond what you ever thought was possible. Jim, any, any thoughts to add to that? Um, I definitely think it is a personality thing. You either have it or you don't. And I say that because I don't know that I do. When I nine, 10 years ago was doing a boot camp and it went from like, uh, chicken and vegetables to protein shakes to eventually like, um, you know, the fake bread and minimal calories and sitting in a sauna for an hour a night kind of thing to sweat everything out of your body. That just got, it, it was, it was competitive. There was cash involved. There was all kinds of stuff and, you know, fought, fought, fought. But what I, I go back to that periodically because I did really well with it and then eased up just a little bit for, we were, we weighed in every two weeks. And the two weeks afterwards, like one night I went out, had a slice of pizza with friends and a beer and, but was still doing like 800 to 1100 minutes of cardio and weightlifting a week kind of thing was biking 15, 20 miles a day and went back uh, for my two week weigh in after I was at my lowest point and I'd gained 10 pounds. I'm like, what, how, what, why, where, I mean, just, so it's, it's something that where you've got to hang on to the success and not beat yourself up when you do hit a stumbling block or whatnot. But it's also an example of how everybody's body is different and everybody responds to things different. And you got to fine tune what works for you and then capitalize on it as best you can. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I'm probably somewhere in between. I, I have this redheaded fury that I've somehow tried to uh, keep, uh, keep under, under wraps at times, but there are times when it's like, Hey, how, how the heck? No, stop it. You know, you know, and, and I, I, I kind of get after myself and, and that, that can drive me forward at, at times, but I, I, I don't do that all the time. That's not my, my, my primary mode of operation at least. And and so it is, it is interesting to see that um, from, from others turning negativity and negativity and positivity. I think that's uh, 
that's a, a very good thing that that for those who need it, um, maybe there are people that that well, I, not maybe I know for a fact there are people that that give far too much into the negativity and and whatnot that that uh, that that can whirl around us in life. Uh, they that uh, that negativity can can be turned around and become a positive or give us positive results from it. And so hopefully more and more people will do that as they uh, go through their journey. Well, we do have a guest this week. And so let's uh, dig into him. We want to respect his time, but he's got a great story we know. And so we want to dig into that. Karen, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So give us a little bit of an introduction of who you are, what do you do, uh, where you live, all of that. And then we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Yeah. Um, my name is Kieran. I'm a, a firefighter paramedic from uh, southeastern Virginia in the, the Hampton Roads area. Um, been doing that for almost uh, 10 years now. Grew up at the beach uh, and moved over into York County once I uh, joined the fire department. Very cool. And and so how long have you been on, on the in, in the fire department? Uh, almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. That's that's awesome. And, and you're. So tell tell us a little bit about your your health journey, kind of where it started, and and um, maybe any lows that you had in that. Yeah, sure. Um, growing up, I was always um, always a heavy kid. I had a uh, I have a twin brother, and uh, it was it was always the joke that we were um, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito from the movie <laughs> from the movie Twins. Because <laughs> um, he he's he's about six foot six one, and I'm I'm five eight. So we're completely, complete opposites. Um, I've always been heavier. He's always been kind of a beanpole, real skinny. Um, so we we never looked like twins, let alone brothers um, growing up. Uh, everyone just thought we were buds. And uh, then when, when we told them we were twins, that, you know, they couldn't believe it. But so I was always the heavier kid. Um, uh, being overweight kind of ran in the family. Um, um, my mom's side of the family, everyone was kind of a little overweight. So, um, but I never really worked out, um, in high school, I played sports, but never worked out, um, in college played intramurals, um, never worked out, kept eating, drinking, um, you know, finally graduated college, um, and found myself at the heaviest I'd ever been 265 pounds. And, um, it took a, a comment from one of my exes, uh, who stayed my ex, by the way. But um, she mentioned, she mentioned. <laughs> well, she, we've got that dig in already. Good deal. <laughs> well, you know, everyone always says, you know, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. But um, so one of my exes said, you know, I can't even put my arms around you anymore. And I thought, well, shoot, I didn't, I, I never thought I was that big. Um, and then that started just a kind of this tornado of of fails and successes and and good diets and bad diets in the right way and the wrong way. Um, and, uh, it went on for a, a good long while until I joined the fire department where, um, getting put into a station with 12 other guys who have 12 opinions about eating and working out. Um, I was able to kind of see everything for what it was and, and see what, what was working for people. And, and I tried my own thing and was up and down cause it's, you know, being in a firehouse is just like college. It's, you know, the freshman 15 all over again. Uh, for those first couple of years, because every meal is, is, is a Sunday, you know, home cooking meal every, every night of the week at you're at the station. Um, so until, until I found keto about two years ago, my wife actually brought it up 
she wanted to try it. And um, I thought that was great that we could do something together. Um, up until then, you know, nothing stuck and nothing was consistent. Um, and we definitely weren't consistent until we found keto. Why did you have trouble with consistency? Was it just um, the, uh, not feeling it each time or it didn't? What, what, what was it? I've, I've had an issue with, um, with binge eating and food addiction my entire life and not knowing, never knowing what it was. I just, or never, I guess, never thinking about it. Um, until now looking back, um, I was always, I was always eating. If there was food out, I was eating like, like I wasn't gonna be able to eat tomorrow and, um, and just continuously snacking all the time and, and never knowing when to, to say, Hey, I'm full. I should probably stop. And, and then it, you know, it rolled into college and, and with no, you know, parental supervision, I ran up the meal, the meal bill, uh, on my, uh, on my, you know, college card and, uh, mm -hmm. the drinking and things like that. It's just, it was like a social, a social thing for me. If I, it, it's, I, I've never smoked in my life, but I imagine it'd be the same as people that smoke socially. If I was being social with people, I was eating or I was drinking something. When you, uh, were you eating ev healthy ever at all, or was it just whatever food was on the counter you jumped onto? No, it was what, yeah, whatever was available to me, um, I was eating. I remember after, our, after I graduated college and came home, I was living on my own and, um, there were, I'd go to the store and I'd, I'd go food shopping and I'd buy the normal stuff, you know, a mid twenties kid would, would buy DiGiorno pizzas, chips, whatever. And I'd eat a whole DiGiorno pizza and a whole bag of Doritos. Like the, I'm talking the family size Doritos for dinner. And that was, that was a regular thing for me. And it just, it never, it never dawned on me that, Hey, maybe you're eating too much. Mm -hmm. hmm. Seems like you got that uh, pretty well under control now. And well, it's crazy. It's it, it, looking back on it. Cause you never, I didn't know when it was all happening. I never knew what was going on inside my head, inside my body. I just knew that 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 made me happy like that i was full and that made me happy and now looking back at it, it mentally i was just all i was i was all over the place i there was no one checking in on me i, I didn't have a girlfriend at that time you know my, i didn't live with my parents i was living alone so nobody was telling me hey this is probably not a good good decision you know i felt like i had a good job at the time uh, and looking back on it it probably it wasn't that great of a job and you know so i, I think going Growing up, I had all these highs in my life that that was able were able to mask the eating disorders that I had. Like in high school, I was on the varsity baseball team, so I thought I was I was you know I was high on life. I was playing varsity baseball. Nothing could be better. In college, I was president of my fraternity. You know, I was going to all these meetings with the deans and other presidents, and I thought I was you know I thought I was doing good at that at in that aspect. I wasn't thinking about my eating or my drinking. You know what I mean? And then. After college, I got a really nice internship and I never had to look at my food. I never had to look at what I was eating because I thought in the other aspects of life, I was doing good. So let's get a little psychological here for a moment. Was food a replacement for something? Was food a replacement? I think food was, it replaced everything because I didn't go, I didn't go out that often. I, I stayed home and I ate or I drank and I watched TV and, and, and you know, that was, I didn't, I didn't that need, was life. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't feel like I needed social interaction because I was eating and I, I was comfortable doing that. You were, you say you're five, eight, you were hitting about two sixty five. So what's that, uh, two XL 40 inch waistline kind of thing, or do you recall? Yeah, exactly? yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, 
two XL, yeah, yep, exactly, forty inch waist. And and it's funny, I remember I remember hitting certain points where you know the thirty sixes or the thirty eights were were a little too tight. And I remember you know thinking about it and rationalizing, oh, I should probably just get a bigger size. I I would just be more comfortable. It's probably better for me. And then I'd go buy a forty inch pair of pants, and I'm, yeah, you, yeah, this feels much better. I'm glad <laughs> I did this. And I, and I would do that. And like I was saying, you know, cycling through good and bad habits. I, you know, because I would get down in weight sometimes and I would I'd buy a large, you know, extra large shirt and then a large shirt and I wear them and they'd be great. And and then and then the next season I'd I'd slack off and I'd put more. Oh, you know, what? this shirt's getting a little too tight. Maybe I'm maybe I'm building muscle. Maybe I need to grow, <laughs> go up in a size. I'm like, oh, yeah, we feel, all right. <laughs> and then well, that extra large feels better. I should probably just wear this again. And then, you know, you get comfortable in that extra large. And, and then before you know, it, you're back in a double XL. And, and it, it was four or five years I'm buying brand new clothes every season because I threw the old ones away because I, was, I thought this was it. I thought I was going to stick to it. And so I, I get, got rid of all the bigger clothes and then next season comes and I can't wear my, the current clothes anymore. I got to buy new clothes. Huh. It was ugly. So, and, and I know that that struggle way, way too well, because that's exactly what it was for me. It just kept creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. And, uh, you know, they're at the very tail end. My wife is like, okay, you need a 42. And I'm going, seriously? No, mm -hmm. I can't do that. It's already bad enough. I'm, you know, at 40, you know, mm -hmm. that type of thing, you know, just that. And so it, it, it creeps up and it's, it, it's crazy how it, that, that, that slow growth will, will sneak up on you and you don't realize it until you get that, that mirror image, that, that, that moment of looking back at yourself through someone else's eyes. Or, right. And it's or, crazy how comfortable you are mm -hmm. with that progressively getting a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger yeah. until, like you said, either see it in the mirror for yourself or someone else sees it for you and lays it out. So what, you, what was that for you? It, it really, it was a, it was a challenge. Someone at work wanted to run, wanted to start running and wanted to run a race. And I said, okay, they were a good, a good friend of mine. I said, sure. Yeah, we'll train. We'll, we uh, we had set out for a, a half marathon. They do one in in um, in Virginia Beach every year, and so we started running. And uh, it, when we first started running, I got half a mile, and then I had to walk. Uh, I think the the first day of training was like you had to run for fifteen minutes, and I, and I couldn't do it. Um, and so we made it through the training, and it stuck with the the running stuck with me. It was something that I really enjoyed. Um, and so I, I continued with it, um, signed up for a marathon, trained for that, ran it. And um, the, so I, I, I kept with the running and I lost uh, all the weight because of the running. And it wasn't because of diet, because I wasn't eating. And this was, you know, this was where being uneducated with, with food came in. I was barely, I wasn't tracking at this point. I, I knew nothing about macros, but I was probably eating less than a thousand calories a day. Cause I, I remember um, stocking up on like lean pockets and that was uh, breakfast and lunch most days. Um, and health still food. running. What's that? Health food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has lean in the name. But, <laughs> then um, it counts. <laughs> right. And still running, you know, eight to 10 miles a day sometimes, and then just coming home and eat, eating a lean pocket. So the, obviously the weight was dropping real fast, but um, I had no energy uh, no, no real muscle mass at all. So how did that, it, running like that, did, were you involved in any kind of athletics or whatever in junior high, high school kind of thing? 
I mean, it's it's hard for people to just start running. So did I've, you have I've any kind of baseball. muscle memory? Yeah, okay. I played baseball in high school. Um, and unfortunately, was there was no real extra effort. Um, this sounds bad to say, but like if, if it was baseball season, I was playing baseball season. But there was no off-season workouts for me. Um, I remember always showing up to the first week of tryouts and being completely sore at the end of the week, like crawling to first base if I got a hit. Um, so, but the... I don't know where the running thing came from. Maybe it was just all that training leading up to that first race. Um, and because I stuck with it after that. Uh-huh. Um, but th- and then it started just being a challenge for myself. Um, you know, I, I, my mindset changed. Um, I was happier because I was losing weight and, and, and I felt better. You know, I wasn't um, so sore all the time. I wasn't um, out of breath all the time. You know, and I was working with kids at my current job. Um, so it, that was getting easier for me to play with the kids every day. Um, so then I just started, I started challenging myself for longer runs or, uh, different things where I, I go out for a run and then I take my bike out and ride my bike and then come back and go for another run or something like that. Just these little things that I could challenge myself with to try and get better, I guess. Great. So all this was, uh, on your lean pocket diet. It, um, <laughs> When uh when you started keto, were you still were you still at this very lightweight, or had you rebounded and gone back up? No, so um so the race the that when I first started running, that was back in I guess two thousand eight, yeah, two that spring of two thousand eight or uh, two thousand nine, um, and like I said, I continued to run after that, and this was I was about five years into the current job that I was in, and um I was hanging out with a buddy, and he had been applying for fire departments. Um, and in our area, um, there's a, there's a bunch of fire departments. It's just hard to, to get in your first time. And so he had been applying a couple of times. And I think this was his third time with the de- current department that we're in. And he had said, Hey man, I, you know, I know you don't like your job or you're looking for a change. Go ahead. If you should apply with me. So, and so I did. And, and luckily I got in with him and we went through the Academy together. So, um, I did, it was I was about six years in the fire department before I started keto, but I kept all the weight off during the academy and during these first couple of years in the fire department just because it's it's like uh, it must have been the masculinity or, or whatever. But it's always a you know, it's a bunch of dudes hanging out and they're all working out and you don't want to be this the smallest. You don't want to be the slowest. You don't want to be the fattest. So everyone's just kind of keeping up with each other. Um, and it wasn't until keto that I really figured out how to kind of capitalize on, you know, energy stores and workouts and certain purposeful movements um, around the way I was eating. Because back then it was all the, it was just regular chicken and rice six times a day. You know, you got to eat right after you work out and and all this stuff. Um, Just a bunch of information that I didn't understand. You know what I mean? No, that's what everybody was doing. I mean, that's, that's how it was done, or that should say that is how it is done. Still, for a lot of people, because I'm still in a bunch of random fitness groups on Facebook, and and it it you know t- it seems so foreign now. So, you know, see right. someone like, oh yeah, meal number one, chicken and rice and broccoli. Meal number two, mm-hmm. rice exactly. and chicken and broccoli. Meal number three, broccoli, chicken and rice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it, it, not that it doesn't work, but I mean, it's it's a little painful. <laughs> yeah, it's exhausting. And my wife thinks that there aren't options on on the keto way of life only only actually she would say there's plenty of options on the types of food that we eat it's the texture everything in in she has she needs that crunchy and pork rinds doesn't do it for her so Ah, it's kind of yeah it's kind of one of those things It, it is what it is um so so tell us a little bit about your you're turning this around you get on keto you start 
doing this thing. You're doing it in the firehouse. You've got all these guys all around you. Did they react? Did family react? What What was that like early on and kind of as things progressed? So my first introduction to keto was um, actually a buddy told me about it at a cookout we were at. And this, this was when I was um, doing like a, uh, if it fits your macros and I was weighing everything pretty religiously um, uh, just to fit the carbs, fats and, and protein. And it was doing, I was doing okay with it, um, staying fairly lean. Um, and he told me about it. He said, yeah, all that, you know, I'm, I'm eating a bunch of meat and butter. And, and I, I remember telling him, you're crazy, man. I don't, I don't know how any of that works, you know, and that was it. That was just my dumb ignorance. And I didn't look into it after that. And I kept doing my, if it fits. And, um, my wife is the one that brought it up. She said, Hey, I've been reading about this keto thing. We should try it. And I said, okay. So we did the research. We, we jumped in and, um, it was working for us. And I think I was on a break from work, maybe a four day break or maybe vacation. I remember going back to work thinking, you know, what are these guys going to think? Because every firefighter's got an opinion and it's always the right opinion. And they, they will rib you about anything and everything, new haircut, new car, whatever. So I was like, man, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know how it's going to go over, but, um, the only, the good thing I had going for me was I do a lot of the cooking at the firehouse and a lot of guys will show up for dinner and if it's in front of them, they'll most likely eat it. Um, so that worked to my advantage because I could, I can cook keto meals and then I can just throw in um, like a tray of fries or, or something on the side. Um, so they were actually pretty welcoming of it. And um, we got a bunch of people involved actually in keto. So we're about half and half at my station, people that are eating keto and the people that are just eating regular. Um, but we have, I would say, I would say probably close to 20, 25 guys in the department doing keto on a regular basis. Um, I'm talking about at the station and at home uh, with their families. So it's been nice. You know, guys are always asking um, uh, certain things about like, you know, at, during fire calls and at, um, at the calls that take a long time, you know, what are your energy levels like and, and things like that. So it's nice that that they're thinking different ways because, you know, cardiovascular um, disease is, is the leading cause of death for first responders uh, other than other than suicide. Um, and it usually happens after we retire. Um, so keeping guys healthy during their time on the floor is really important so they can enjoy the time after they retire um, and enjoy everything that they've built. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. So I, I can only assume from a cardiovascular standpoint and from a stamina that, you know, and you know, I'm, you know, I don't know a whole lot about, you know, firefighters, but I do know that you guys got to carry a lot of stuff on you. So I can only imagine that, you know, once you're fat adapted and rolling that that's got to be extremely beneficial. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we are, we carry about 75 pounds of extra gear every time we go into a house fire. Um, and it's only, you're only in there for about 20 minutes, 25 minutes max. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I come out tired, but I'm ready to go again where, you know, some guys might be, uh, hunched over huffing air, you know, um, but being fat adapted, you're always, you know, you're always pulling, pulling energy from somewhere. And you talk about the guys that have completely switched keto and they're, and they're fat adapted. They, they're talking about how they sleep better. They're waking up er earlier in the morning. You know, our, our wake up tones go off at seven 30, but you know, these guys are getting up at six 30 just to get up and hang out. 
and uh, you know they're talking about their energies all day long the naps are less you know because we can nap at some at sometimes during the day but these guys are, are working out instead of napping and they're working out fasted they're not they're not eating until one or two o'clock sometimes not even until dinner time so it's it's obvious how their bodies are adapting to uh, this way of eating and, and how beneficial it is for them well, we need to pause for a moment and say there's nothing wrong with a good nap. <laughs> yeah, hey, some, sometimes you just got to get one in. <laughs> yeah, yep. nothing nothing wrong with that. So um, you, you mentioned, and, and I kind of figured that this was the case for you with with the, the firehouse thing. There's, I, I've got lots of friends who are, are either EMTs or, or in the firehouse and, and uh, have like, there's, there's one family of a father and two sons and, and they're all three of them have either been through the force or retired from the force and all that stuff. And, and that camaraderie has to, to, to help along the way, even if they aren't um, doing keto with you, which I'm, I'm glad to hear that half of them are and half of them are, that makes dinner a whole lot, whole heck of a lot easier probably. Um, But what, what has that, that camaraderie and that, that, um, that team member aspect been in terms of you regaining your health? Oh, it's just, it's, I mean, I imagine if, if I was doing something that I thought was good for myself and everyone, everyone was kind of turning their back on it or sneering at me while I did it, it would make me feel, you know, insecure or, uh, or think twice about it. But, you know, because everyone is so welcoming and interested and then also trying it out for themselves or, or, you know, to get the messages that say, Hey man, look, I've been trying, I'm, I got to get this weight off. You know, I see it's working for you. How can we do it? You know, you're doing it at the, the station. How can I do it at my station? You know, things like that. And these are these are big, burly men who, you know, if I if I ran into them on a dark alley, I'd be scared. But these guys are saying, hey, man, I need help. You know, uh, I need to lose some weight. You know, tell me tell me how what you're doing. How did you get your guys into it? You know, you got people texting. I had a I had a member text me and say, thank you for all your stuff. Me and my wife are now working out. And, and she's sending me pictures of her and her wife, you know, day 23 in a row doing something, you know, and that, I think that's awesome. And I, I don't post all my stuff to to show off or to say, look at me, I lost all this weight. You know, it's it's about showing people that are just like me that they can they can also, you know, change their life or, and change their health and, and still fit it in into these busy lives that we lead. Very well said. Mm-hmm. So, so what's uh, what's next? And you don't seem like the type of guy that likes to sit still. No, um, I don't know. I mean, it, we're just. I'm. I'm trying. I just got done with um, with Danny Vega's uh, carnivore keto cut, um, and I and I found out some interesting things about myself with carnivore carnivore that I like. Um, so uh, I'm I'm sticking with carnivore, and I've extended. The um, the cut was for four weeks, and I manipulated the numbers a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm extending it for ten weeks, so I'm gonna, I want to see what happens with that, and then try some reverse dieting um, as we get into the summer. Um, I just started a podcast um, with a good buddy, John, the Keto Colombian. Um, uh, not really keto or carnivore based, but a little bit, just you know, a life thing, just talking. Um, but other than that, nothing nothing's planned. Just trying to see where this all goes. Um, I'd love to start teaching about um, 
keto in the firehouse and and um, doing cooking stuff for the guys at the firehouse. Um, we'll just we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Have you noticed um, one of the things we hear repeatedly from guys doing keto is the the mental clarity and and uh, that feeling of you know getting a groove again with with your mind and whatnot. Have you have you heard that from any of your colleagues um, that didn't expect that to happen, so to speak? Yeah, it's fun. I have they um, they tell me they're more like when when shopping for food they're, they're thinking more clearly about certain things. The honestly with me the mental clarity thing never uh, never stuck I, I um i never really felt that i guess um i, I think it's more conscious um choices you, know, you think about things more as you're making these choices um because um, i have three kids at home who who aren't keto um my 14 year old tried keto for for three weeks almost a month and he actually had some pretty interesting comments about um uh, type of sleep how he felt in the morning, uh, doing his homework, where all he he benefited from it. He he said he slept better. He had more energy in the morning, and he had a when he was doing his homework, he just felt like he wanted to finish it faster. And then we ran into the holidays, and it all went out the window. Um, but so we have like a our pantry is split with keto stuff and then the kids stuff. So what I do notice is if I'm hungry, I go in there and I look at the kids stuff, and it all looks really good, you know the the donuts and the doritos it all looks really good but um mentally you know i'm I'm talking myself down i say that's not for you go to the other side of the pantry and get you know get your snack so i i think it's more of an awareness thing for me not not necessarily a mental clarity if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so taking it taking a step back uh, I'm a big fan of carnivore. In case you haven't noticed, <laughs> but I, have, yeah. I, I wanted I wanted to to dig a little deeper into what you know your experience with carnivore, what you learned, and what you benefited from it. So the big thing that I found with carnivore was wasn't anything physical. It was all mental. It really showed me how deep seated my food addiction was, um, and my ability my ability to binge eat. Um, because the 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 main reason the main way I found have found success is complete elimination. Tell myself I can't have it, um, and then that way I won't eat it. And and that was what carnivore did for me. I eliminated all these other foods because even with keto, um, I found myself binge eating keto approved foods. But you eat enough peanut butter or enough Quest bars, you know, you'll quickly go over your carb limit for the day. Um, so with carnivore it was nice that you know I had meat. And I had eggs there and I had some cheese. And if I wanted something to eat, that's that's what I could eat. Um, but on a physical standpoint, I, I found really great pumps in the gym, um, even by doing body weight exercises and high rep. I, I, I found like I had really, really great pumps, um, even two to three hours after getting home, um, still very vascular um, uh, af- after the gym. No, that's great. Yeah, that's one thing I always talk about carnivores. It is a really, really good way to to figure out how your relationship with food is because you'll start craving some really weird things that you would never have thought twice about before. And then yeah. you stick with carnivore long enough. And what I always found fascinating was like my longest strict carnivore streak was like six months. And uh, what I always thought was crazy was the only thing I craved in that entire six months was another steak. Like all other cravings, <laughs> I'd get hungry. I just wanted steak. And I'd eat a steak and you know, next meal would come and I want another steak. It, it was the strangest thing because you'd think you'd get sick of it. You'd think you'd have cravings for other stuff. But 
it's like your body knows what it needs your body knows what it wants and and all i all i wanted to eat was more steak it was it was very very interesting the the thing that i found to to work out work the best for me was to have to have steak or have ground beef on hand because i found that cooking if i took too long cooking if i was really hungry and i needed to cook a steak i would snack on stuff while the steak was cooking so it's it, it was nice for me to have it ready to go in the fridge um, to eat when I wanted to eat because snacking is a, a big thing for me that um, that I have a lot of trouble with. So how do you deal with that? Because I'll be honest, I'm the same way. I deal with the snacking all the time. I have uh, salted sunflower seeds on my desk right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do you work with it other than having things on hand? Uh, how have you kind of broken the uh, broken the cycle? Well, uh, well, to be honest with you, I haven't broken the cycle. I have good days and I have bad days. And, and I, you know, I, um, I justify snacks some days when I shouldn't. Um, I, you know, I'll justify by, oh, you know what? I ran, I ran five miles today. I can have a snack. So it's, it's a struggle every day. And, um, I, I wish I could say I've, I've had, you know, seven days straight of no snacking, but it just doesn't work out that way. Um, but meal prepping is, is the easiest. Um, is the best thing for me um, to make sure I'm successful for the day. And also, um, if waking up in the morning and tracking all my macros for the day, I find if I lay it out first thing in the morning, um, I'm, I'll stick to it more so than if I wing it throughout the day. Having a plan. If you if you don't or if if you don't have a plan, it's a plan to fail or what's that? Right, yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Failure to plan is a plan to fail. There we go. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, a very real thing. And I, I think I, I, that's definitely been my, my problem lately is I probably have just been completely go with the flow. And some of that's, you know, I have so many other things going on that I feel like I can't make a plan for anything else, but. And there's, there's so many of these you know, keto approved mm-hmm. snacks that are out there and they taste really good. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that, and, and the, the myriad of energy drinks that have no sugar at all. Uh, but those just support my desire for sweet things. And that just, is, a, yeah. The energy thing is a, is a tough thing to break too. It's a, it runs, it's running rampant through the firehouse with the, the bangs and the monsters. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, you talked, spoke about your twin brother earlier and how you guys were Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. <laughs> um, is it still the same thing now? I mean, you, there's a height difference, so that obviously you can't fix, so to speak, or whatever. But is he a string bean still? Did he ever struggle with his weight? Um, no, he he. Well, in college, he he gained a bunch of he gained weight in college, um, but um, at home he's pretty active, um, uh, surfing and, and skating a lot, and. Uh, he runs randomly now, so he's not um, he's not overweight, um, but he's not a string bean anymore. Um, he does, but he he doesn't uh, lift like I lift. It's just uh, not his thing. But yeah, he's still um, we still look completely opposite. He I have a full head of hair. He's losing his. You know, we couldn't be more opposite. It's ridiculous. What? Where you go with the hair comment? Okay. <laughs> Be very, very careful, young man. Uh, oh, hey, I, I was, I was gray at twenty three. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much fully gray now. I'll take it. There's no problem. <laughs> no problem at all, brother. 
So, um, tell us, uh, so your, your workout routine, you're, you are probably actually the fortunate one out of, out of the, the three of us. We don't have gyms currently. Mm. Um, you have the the firehouse and usually most firehouses have some type of a gym set up. What is your, your normal workout routine? What, what's, uh, is it when you're not at the firehouse, what, what, what do you normally do? Um, so I'm still big into running. Um, I have another marathon coming up in the fall if it, if it doesn't get canceled. Um, so running is a big thing. Um, and then I, I have minimal weights at the house. I do have a bar with, um, I think 280 pounds of plates that, that I can do deadlifts and things like that. But, um, I also have a vest and a brute force sandbag that I use on a regular basis. So most of my workouts are either um, a high intensity interval um, or like uh, stations with uh, supersets and running in between. Um, something that I can get done in, in an hour while my youngest is napping because all, you know, all the kids are home now. Um, so I got to fit it in when I can. But like um, Alberto was saying with the, the body weight stuff, um, the body weight circuit training is intense. It most definitely can be. And, not, and not that I'm not familiar with body weights, but I think I just needed the structure behind buying a program that was exclusively body weights that kind of just like, okay, now this, now this, now this, instead of just, you know, just run, just walking in the garage, just kind of making stuff up as I can go. And uh, well, yeah, I'm, you you start supersetting just, just a couple of the simple movements and adding variations to pushups. And, you know, you'll, you'll take what you could normally do, you know, let's just say for round numbers, you could normally knock out 50 pushups. Well, you add a slight variation where you just pick up one leg or, you know, once you get to the top, you just pick up one arm. And all of a sudden, you're you know your your fifty push-up max goes down significantly, and it's it's quite humbling. <laughs> well, and a lot and more I, coordination than I was uh, than, I, than I was expecting. I am I am a lot less coordinated than I thought I was. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said when you you get a program to lay all the exercises out because for a while there I was very hesitant on getting any kind of program, paying money for anything, um, because I, I I do coach some people online. Um, and, and I thought that maybe I was above having a coach. And so I sat down and thought about why, you know, certain things that were happening, why I wasn't hitting certain certain peaks in my workouts. And I so I decided to to hire or to, to join the Danny Vega, the, the cut with his program. And so following a routine every day that was mapped out for me did wonders because like like Alberta said, just going out and winging it and trying to figure it out. It just most days didn't work for me. I found times where. You know what? I wasn't really worried about the rest period because whatever, you know, and I was like, I, I did enough. Probably I'll just stop here. But when you have a program that you've paid for and you're following it, it's almost like he's watching you. Like I got to get it done. I got to <laughs> do it. You know, and so, you know, I told Danny, I said, man, I looked at your first week of exercises and I wasn't too impressed. And he said, that's what everyone said. I said, but those workouts sucked and they kicked my butt every day. He says, yeah, usually the ones that look good on paper are impossible to finish. And it's the ones that they have you guessing, second guessing on paper that are the really good ones. And that's exactly what it was. They kick my butt every day. So I'm incorporating some of his stuff into my home workouts and I write them on my my dry race board. And uh, I sent a picture to my oldest, my 14 year old. And I said, hey, man, if you want to work out, you you know, he gets out probably three, four times a day in the garage. But. He likes to close the garage. He doesn't want anyone seeing. <laughs> well, I like to have it open. I want that sun coming in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was one of the things that I noticed about the uh, Keto Muscle Intelligence program that, that Berto and I was doing. 
It's freaking hard. It's the big, we did the beginners and it's freaking hard. <laughs> um, there's reasonings for that, but it just was, gosh, it was, it was such, it, it was just a slog. It was, it was, it was a great workout. Right. But it was just such a slog to get through on, on all of that. And so I, um, I can totally relate to the, the looking at that list and, and, <laughs> and I, I have the, the, the carnivore key cut, uh, documentation as well um and it, yeah that it's deceptively hard what it is in yeah there. so yeah well that's when you put the focus in you know mm-hmm. you can run through the movements and be like yeah that was cool but if you if you if you try and you really put the focus in you mm-hmm. focus on the muscle contraction you focus on the movement and, and doing everything with proper form and all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like okay oh yeah this you know well there's like oh, yeah. a, you know there's a way to cheat a push-up mm-hmm. and there's a way to do a real push-up mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and Danny wasn't even focused on that whenever I first tried the uh, keto uh, keto carnivore cut. Like that, he wasn't even the keto muscle intelligence wasn't out, so there wasn't as much of a focus on that. And now that I know all of that, it's like a whole different ballgame beyond that. Um, so I've got to really get into those. I'm enjoying my my workouts with kung fu, but I need <laughs> I, I miss lifting and and all of those things too. Okay, well, let's go ahead and start winding things down. Um, one of my questions I like to start that that I like to use towards towards the end is resources. Um, you've obviously found resources that you've found uh, found have helped you the most mm-hmm. uh, throughout all of this. Uh, for whether it's beginner, intermediary, what are some of your favorite resources that you've uh, latched onto that you keep going back to that you give to other people as they're trying to dig. Uh, yeah. So I'm not bit, I enjoy reading, um, but I don't like reading about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense. So I'm big on YouTube and podcasts. So um, like YouTube, uh, uh, I like watching Goody Beats, uh, Logan Delgado, Thomas DeLauer, um, Keto Savage, Robert Sykes uh, does a really good podcast. Um Muscle intelligence, um, the keto man. Just, I like listening to uh, people talk about what they're doing in re- in their regular lives. You know, like I like knowing that people are out there like me going through this, and I like to hear what works for them. Because you know, because you can, I could listen to to Ben Popolsky all day long, but that dude's freaking Jack, and I probably can't. My day that looks nothing like his day. You know what I mean? So yeah, those those are some great resources and and good friends of ours. Um, uh, Robert's been on the podcast, and uh, a lot of those other folks have have either um, been connected with us and 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 or we just know of them, and they are great great folks um, for sure. Uh, so lot lots of great resources there. Um, uh, did, I don't think I asked this. What did you find that was surprising along the way? Like, what was that that one thing that shocked you? Is like, oh, okay. Um, and I'm. This might not be a good thing or not, but the forgiveness um, with the diet, mm. um, because, like I said, I, I've been doing keto for two years, and and by no means I don't want anyone to think that that is two years straight. Um, there have been some ups and downs, and there have been some downs that took a week or two, and um, but the the, the body remembers what it wants and the body remembers that it wants to burn fat for energy. So uh, on those cheat days that I had or, or the times that I got off, um, it was uh, it was quick to get back into ketosis and to start feeling like I felt before 
um, the holiday or the cheat weekend or cheat meal. Um, and that's what I tell a lot of people, you know, if, if you can stick with it for a little while and then you want to go on vacation and enjoy yourself and it's easy to get back in. I was very surprised what the body is able to remember. Absolutely. One other thing I want to ask you about, um, you talked earlier about the food addiction and, you know, eating everything in sight and so on. Now that you're doing keto, you've had the success and everything, you, you, you said you still find yourself snacking and whatnot, but do you find the urges go direct to keto food? Like, do you want to snack on cheese cubes as opposed to potato chips or whatever the case may be? Or do, are you, do you still fight the the battle for the potato chips and the, or the Doritos and the uh, pizza kind of thing? No, I, I don't. And that, that's a good thing. My cravings or when I want to binge, they do, uh, especially, and it depends if, if I'm locked in, um, if I've been locked in for, you know, a month of, of strict keto or strict carnivore, my, my, my um, urges uh, send me towards those types of foods. So yeah, like you said, the cheese cubes are, we, we usually have a gallon Ziploc of bacon in the fridge. And so it'll send me to that in the pimento cheese. So mm -hmm. luckily um, that's working for me. Yeah. So, cause we have the Doritos and we have regular ice cream and we have the, the tasty cakes. Um, but luckily yeah, my, my urges send me to the keto food, which is nice. Good. Good. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's really, it, it is crazy how our bodies will tell us what it needs. And sometimes it, it it's like in the moment snack, um, I've noticed that if I'm feeling the craving for cheese, it probably means that I actually want protein um, or need protein. And that will actually serve the craving far better than, than it would if I was trying to uh, – <laughs> if I did eat the cheese. Um, so having some ground beef around is a good – But And uh, even with uh, not even hunger telling me what to do, like if um, mm. certain little things like a headache or mm. feeling sluggish um, – if I, I'll, if I just take uh, some more salt in or mm -hmm. lick a salt salt crystal, um, and I would never have thought to do that until my body said, hey, you know, you need to up your electrolytes or, or whatever. Um, and it's crazy. The instant, you know, within 30 minutes, I'm feeling kind of balanced again. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, electrolytes and, and that type of thing, they really do play a very big factor in, in so much of the day-to-day, moment-to-moment balance that, that we uh, – that that we have that we don't even realize uh yeah. until they return a fast absolutely absolutely um that's an interesting thing we we hadn't talked much about it and we don't talk much about it on the podcast what what type of fasting do you do and uh it, it extended and if so how how extended uh on a on a regular basis i'm usually intermittent um 16 to 20 hours a day um and i have done some 24 hour with the OMAD, um, but the OMAD doesn't really work for me. I, I tend to uh, usually overeat and just feel sick at the end. Um, but I have done some extended, a couple 72 hours, and then I've done one uh, 100 hours. I think it was 104 hours, um, strict fast, just black coffee, water, and salt. Um, and that was kind of that we did. John and I, my buddy, did it after the Super Bowl, just kind of. Wanted to try it. I'd never gone past three days. It lined up perfectly with work uh, where I wasn't working um, because I don't like fasting for long periods of time while I'm at work. Um, I usually always only do it on my days off. Um, it's it helps with it helps with limiting just my eating window because it 
the food addiction is still there. Um, it's, it's a, it's a battle every day, uh, wanting to eat everything. Um, so like I was saying before with carnivore, you know, limit, you know, eliminating certain foods. If I eliminate all food during a fast, it's, um, I'm going to stick to that more. So, um, so I'd like to do more extended fasts. It's just finding the right time. Cause I, I would hate to put uh, my guys at risk. Um, if I, if my electrolytes drop low and I become too tired to do something, um, I would hate to, to endanger them just because I'm doing a fast. And what is your, um, go-to keto food recipe, whatever that's not steak. That's not steak. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's poppers. The jalapenos are, are basically my only source of vegetable at this time. Um, and it's one of those, we, we have them at the firehouse at least twice a month and I only work 10 days a month at the firehouse. So usually every fifth day we do poppers and cheeseburgers. Um, and that's the easiest for me. Ground beef, um, bacon and jalapenos. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wish I could say something fancy like brisket because I love brisket. I just don't cook it as often as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. And you don't got 20 hours to spare? <laughs> no, yeah, no. <laughs> I thought you could no. microwave brisket. No. You can no. try. Uh, you, you, <laughs> I you, I can mean, you can certainly try. It was horrible. Hitting that 200 degree internal temperature might be a little tough in a microwave. <laughs> oh, that sounds so horrible. <laughs> that, that's, like, that's like yeah. a religious sacrilege of Texas right there that that could you could you imagine though, like if you tried it like that head would, would have to come out like a giant like hunk of leather <laughs> it, would, it, it would be oh you'd have to send it send it through a grinder after that or something we have no. we have a um a community about mm, an hour south of where i live that was went through a major major renovation about 10 12 years ago a large company basically bought the town turned it into this destination spot and everything and my boss went down there for this big opening weekend thing and i mean just huge i mean casino and pga style golf course all this other stuff and they went to this fancy restaurant for dinner for steak and you can do all the crazy things that you want to to build up a community but the staffing you can't really take the country out of the staffing so they brought out these fancy steaks, prime rib and everything. They're like, y'all want ketchup on these? <laughs> and everybody's just like, do you really do this? Oh, yeah, prime rib's so good with ketchup. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, no, I will not nuke a brisket or anything like that for anybody. <laughs> um, very good. Well, um, Karen, how can people connect with you and, um, you know, plug everything, your, your, your new podcast and just everything? Yeah, uh, the main the main stuff that I do is on Instagram, uh, the Keto Firefighter. That's where I put most of my stuff. Uh, I do have a Facebook page for the Keto Firefighter as well um, and a website that's still being built, still trying to figure out this whole social media thing. Um, but yeah, we, we uh, just started a podcast. It's called Forged from uh, from Fat. Uh, we have um, our first episode will be up Friday on iTunes. Uh, me and the Keto Colombian um, just talking everyday life stuff. Um, but yeah, most active on Instagram if you want to get a hold of me. Very cool. Um, and you are in the group, so um, so definitely people can reach out to you there. And yep. we we look forward to seeing how people uh, can. can connect with you further and see you as a resource because you're, you're definitely doing awesome stuff. Um, let's go around the horn real quick. Um, all of us are in the group, of course. And so that's a given, but where else can you be reached? Alberto? Um, 
Instagram would be the next best place, and that would be at l.ketocholo. And Jim? My home address is two. Because uh, <laughs> you know what? If you're on a, an essential employee, never mind. Uh, Instagram, Jim Inman, JR, and of course the Keto Man's Club on Facebook. Very cool. And I am at Duckman Keto on Instagram. And uh, I need to, I always say it, I need to post more, but I, I do need to post more. Um, anyway. Uh, that's, uh, how you can get a hold of us individually. You can connect with the face, uh, you can connect with the podcast on Instagram by following at keto man's club podcast, and you can email us comments, questions, inquiries at keto man's club podcast at gmail.com. You can also get all of the links to everything. The Facebook groups, the Facebook page podcast subscriptions, all of our social links by going to theketomansclub.com. And from there, you can uh, connect with us and we, we urge you to do so. If you have a moment, go ahead and leave us a, a rating, leave a comment either on Apple Podcasts. I believe Spotify has some of that as well. Um, just helps the algorithm along, gets us put in front of more faces and uh, the stories of men like Kieran are able to help impact more lives uh, that way. If you have a uh, comment or question that you would like to voice, we have a voicemail line for you. 512-518-6161. Uh, call it up. Leave a voicemail. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, maybe it will be used in, the, in a future podcast. So uh, definitely take advantage of that if you would. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and a very little sense of the world word. I think that's it for now. So until next week, make sure to eat me, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E K E T O. M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week. <laughs>